I barely believe it myself. But I can't dispute what my soul knows. Peter! John! It's all true. Come see this! Everything he said. The tomb! Every impossible detail. It's empty! know if it's possible to recreate that scene. I don't I don't think it is. I don't I don't think it's possible for I don't think there's anything I'm going to say to you today that's going to recreate what it would have been to be sitting there and to find out that that tomb was empty. But what I what we hope to talk about today is, is the fact that it, it was, and that's a fact. That's not a, that's not a guess. That's not a, a, a lie or a myth. That is a fact. The fact is that tomb was empty, right? 
The fact is that the Lord Jesus Christ did something that nobody should be able to do, and that's he raised himself from the dead. As we read in our scripture earlier this morning, even the disciples didn't believe that at first. Even they thought surely somebody had stolen the body, only to come to find out later There was no theft involved. (laughs) There was only a miracle. And only a miracle that could only come from God himself. So I will tell you up front what my goal today is. My goal today is simply this. To if you know the Lord, to encourage you, To tell that story with such excitement, there's no way people could not listen. And if you do not know the Lord or have walked away from the Lord or have not been near him for a while, my goal today is simple, is to remind you of who he is, what he has done, and what he continues to do for you. It's that simple. Why? Because I don't think I can beat that story. I just don't think I can. I, I, I all week was racking my brain going, what, what am I putting together here? What am I doing, God? What do you want me to do with this? And he's just like, tell the story. Tell the story. And so we're going to read the story. And then, yeah, we're going to talk about some things, about the story, but they're all about remembering this incredible, one-of-a-kind story. So open your Bibles today to Luke chapter 24. Luke chapter 24. We read it out of John this morning, so this is going to be a slightly different tilt. It says, on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they had come to the tomb bringing the spices that they had prepared. They would have buried Jesus in myrrh and incense and other things. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. Do anybody know how heavy that that stone was? Thousands of pounds. One person doesn't just... This morning in the teen class, the teens asked, how did that stone get moved? My answer is... God decided he wanted it moved. They went in, but they they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And while they were perplexed about this, suddenly two men stood by them in dazzling clothes. So the women were terrified and they bowed to the ground. Why are you looking for the living among the dead? Asked the men. He is not here, but he has risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee saying, it is necessary that the Son of Man be betrayed into the hands of sinful men to be crucified and rise on the third day. And they remembered his words. Returning from the tomb, they reported all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the other woman with them were telling the apostles these things, but these words, they seemed like nonsense to them, and they did not believe the women. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb, and when he stooped in, stooped to look in, he saw only the linen cloths, 
And so he went away amazed at what had happened. Have you ever had the best day ever? This for me would qualify as the best day ever. Right now, it seems like my child sometimes has the best day ever. I don't know. Once a week, right? If you take him somewhere, he's like, it's the best day ever. We got to eat pizza. Because it always involves pizza if it's Christopher. We got to eat pizza. We got to do this. We got to do that. It's the best day ever. I'm like, you had that last week. It goes, I know. It's another one. <laughs> this really is the best day ever. Ever. But, but I want us to understand that leading up to the best day, leading up to this moment, this time, it did not feel like it was going to be the best day ever. As they came to the tomb, they came expecting to find their Lord, the man they had followed, the man they had placed all of their hopes in and their beliefs in and their trust in. They expected to find him dead. They brought the spices for that reason. That was a preparation for the burial. The incense was to cover up the stink of rotting flesh. They had an idea of, of what they were going to find and what it was going to look like, and it was based on what they had already experienced, right? We talked about this last week and, and some on Friday night, this, this notion that it started on Palm Sunday with, with this grand entry of the Lord when palm branches everywhere, but by Friday, it had gotten ugly, and all of their hopes and their dreams were dashed. They did not expect to see great things because they had not experienced in the last week great things. They had experienced some of the worst days of their life. And I think that's the case for a lot of us. We're experiencing the worst days of our lives, challenges, difficulties, whether it be friends, family, uh, I'm going to fall, addictions, that would be a bad day. We, 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 we deal with all of these things and, and we experience all of these things. And the truth is sometimes I don't think we expect God to show up big because what we've seen before was not good what we've lived through and what we've experienced. Caterpillars, I think, suffer from this. Can you flip for me? There you go. Isn't he adorable? He's a bright orange. He's probably poisonous, but that's a whole other discussion. So, you got this beautiful little caterpillar, adorable. Now, what, what do we know the eventual outcome of a caterpillar is? to turn into a butterfly. I was reading an article this week somebody was talking about, do you think as the caterpillar is slowing down and creating this cocoon he's about to crawl into, would it be too much to assume that he probably doesn't realize what's on the other side? Admittedly, it's a caterpillar, and I'm adding a lot of thought to what a caterpillar might think. But he is, he is, I would guess, it's conceivable to say he is preparing a place for himself to go to sleep and maybe even not wake up. The caterpillar has no idea. He knows what his life has been to this point. He knows it has been about eating 
and about getting round, right? He knows that he has this innate drive to get to a certain place and cycle in his life where he starts to create and spin this cocoon that he's going to wrap himself in and he's going to fall asleep. He doesn't, he doesn't know. He thinks that this is it. This is his goal. This is his lot in life. This is what he's here to do. That's all he knows is that drive. He knows what he's experienced. But can you imagine when he wakes up and busts out of that shell and just goes, this is the best day ever, right? Suddenly he can fly, he can do things he never thought he could, he could ever even imagine, even ponder doing. He had no idea because of the experience he'd already had in his life, no idea of what was possible. The disciples who walked with Jesus for three and a half years, they felt this way. It should not be surprising that sometimes we can feel this way. If you've been through difficulties and challenges in life, it's really difficult to perceive that the best day ever could be right here in front of you. That this this new transformed life, this life that allows you to see things the way you'd never seen it before because a caterpillar crawls on the ground and only sees one angle, but a butterfly soars through the air, right? Isaiah would say that that those who who wait on the Lord will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not grow faint. But until we get to that place, it's really hard to believe that that can happen. And yet, Jesus arose himself from the dead so that we could see just a little glimpse and maybe believe that that could happen. That what you know already, what you've perceived or felt or dealt with in your life may or may not be what God wants it to be and what it could be. It can be your best day ever. But I also want us to understand this. It was also a very, maybe the most unexpected day ever. When Heather and I were dating, we, we uh, and you've heard little pieces of this story, we've had, we had a, a fight when we were dating where we, we thought we were breaking up, and it was, Heather's my wife, by the way, in case you don't know that, um, so that clearly didn't happen. So we thought we were breaking up, and, and Heather and I took a break, and she did some other things, and then after a couple weeks, and she came back, she came knocking on my door, banging on my door, and she opened the door, and she said, okay, look, I know you're just going to break up with me, and this is going to be done. Our relationship is over. So I brought her inside and we started to talk and we were arguing, we were fighting, we were, we, were, we were questioning each other and our relationships and what it was supposed to look like. And I finally said, you know what? You should just marry me. <laughs> and that's exactly what Heather said. She said, what? And then she said, ask me again in a week, which I clearly did. But can I just tell you, she did not expect me to say that. And can I just tell you, I didn't expect to say that either. (laughs) 20 years later, I think it's worked out pretty good. 
but it is not what we expected. When we moved into our first house, we remodeled, went to remodel our bathroom. And as they scraped the, the paint off the walls and, and the wallpaper off the walls to get ready to repaint, they found this underneath. Silk, beautifully silk screened on all the bathroom walls. Anybody want to guess when it was done? I would guess the 60s, 70s. House was built in 58, so I'm guessing maybe they were cutting edge, early 60s, right? They got it done. We did not expect to find pink flamingos. And there was a little piece of me that thought to myself, we should keep the flamingos, right? We should totally keep the flamingos. But it, no, we didn't keep the flamingos. But it, it was, it was, we did not expect to find that. And it has been a source, things like this have been a source of joy for our family for years, where we talk about silly little things that we have found that we did not expect, that we did not know were going to happen, but led to funny stories and joys and, and shared experiences. Because we can talk about flamingos all day, Heather and I can now, because of those experiences that we had. Sometimes I think we are averse to anything that's unexpected. Our immediate response to things that are unexpected is to um, run from them or to, to assume that they're bad and they're wrong because they mess with what we expect. They mess with the way we think we see and know the world. Can I just tell you that if Jesus had done something normal and expected, that we would not be still talking about him 2,000 years later. That God shows up in your life repeatedly and all throughout the history of the human race in very unexpected ways. Right? We talked about it last week at the, at, when we were talking about Passover. The people of God did not expect Jesus to show up, their Messiah to show up as a, a lamb to be slain, despite the fact that the text was telling them that, that, they would have to, that their Savior would have to be given up for them in order for them to find life, in order for them to be restored. This was going to have to happen. All the prophecies would have to be fulfilled. They still did not expect that, and so they missed him. They missed it because they were so adverse, averse to, to having something show up that was unexpected that they missed the presence of the Messiah in their life right here, right now. Even in the text we just read, the disciples immediately did not believe that he had risen himself from the dead. They did not remember the conversation or even understand the conversation that he had just had with them three days ago. We just talked about this. You ever have that conversation with somebody in your life? We just talked about this. I see a lot of wives bumping their husbands. But we, we just talked about this. They didn't get it because it wasn't the result they expected. It wasn't what they thought could happen based on what they know about the world. And they had a choice. The truth is... They could have run from it like the plague. Thank the Lord they did not. Thank the Lord that Mary, 
who I would call the first evangelist in so many ways, sat and cried and said, I know this isn't right. This is not the way it's supposed to work out. And she had the faith to, to see it through and to believe that he could do something incredible, something unexpected. And that unexpected thing would be imminently better than anything I could even possibly pull together in my tiny little brain. And she gets to be there while Jesus says to her, Mary, and calls her name. Right? Can you imagine being there and having Jesus personally call your name in the midst of your sorrow, in the midst of your crying? She thinks he's a gardener until he does that. Jesus will show up in your world when you least expect him to and in ways you do not expect him to. And this story should encourage you not to just shun it off as not possible. Don't be so narrow-minded as to believe that you have an idea of how the world is supposed to work and when he's going to show up and when he's not because you are cutting yourself off from the unexpected joy, the unexpected life, the unexpected transformation, and the unexpected eternity with God. His ways are greater than our ways. He's never going to act the way you expect. But this day, this day that we remember right here, right now, it was the best day ever, maybe the most unexpected day ever, but I guarantee you it was the most important day ever. Luke would later on in his chapter say this. He would say, he told them, Jesus told them, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds. He opened their minds to understand the scriptures, and he also said to them, this is what is written. The Messiah would suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance for forgiveness of sins will be proclaimed in his name to all the nations, not just those there, but all who come to know him. He will save you and, and set aside your sins. He will act as a propitiation, an atonement. He has defeated death. He has beaten those greatest fears of our lives. Because I don't know about you, but before I knew the Lord, I was afraid to die. And understanding that means that I, I kind of... I kind of understand why we sometimes make the decisions we do. If, I, if I'm afraid to die, then every choice I'm going to make is going to be about surviving. It's going to be about not dying. But if I'm no longer afraid to die, then I'm now focused on thriving and not just surviving. He says, beginning, this will begin at Jerusalem. And he says, you, you, my people, you who follow me, you who trust me, you are who are witnesses to this great and wonderful and unexpected thing. You are my witnesses to all these things. And look, I am sending you what my father promised. As for you, stay until the, in the city until you are empowered from on high. What did he promise? 
He promised the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit to walk with them, to drive them, to encourage them, to teach them, to focus them, and yes, to correct them when they needed it because I don't know about you, but I can be a little unruly. That same spirit, my blood pressure's up, can you tell? That same, that same spirit is what we have access to today. Right here and right now, that Spirit of God that if, if you're waiting on Him to show up, He is ready to show up. If you want to soar on wings like eagles, guess where that comes from? The Holy Spirit of God giving you the strength to fly when you didn't even think about being able to fly. Giving you the strength to run through this life rather than just survive this life to keep you from growing weary when life tries to wear you down and make you weary, because it does. It is the very Spirit of God that Jesus died for us to have access to and arose again so that we could be in life with Him again. Do you understand what kind of gift that is? At the core, this is this is why we are here, I hope. This is the reason why I stand up here and make a fool out of myself. It's because it may be foolishness to some, but to me it is the very wisdom of God. And I did not write that myself. I stole it from Paul, just so we're clear. Is It is this event, this moment, this time that caused Paul to write things like in 1 Corinthians 15, he wrote, where death, where death is your victory, where death is your sting. The sting of death is sin and the power of the sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gave us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. It was written in Isaiah, he will swallow up. This means God, he will swallow up death for all time. And the Lord God will wipe tears away from all faces. And he will remove the reproach of his people from all the earth for the Lord has spoken. Can I just tell you this day, this time we celebrate the Lord, not just speaking, but acting 2,000 years ago. From him humbling himself, coming to this earth in order for us to have life. And all I have to say is, Please, for the sake of your soul, trust that. Believe that. If you have fallen away from him or if you've never come to know him, you are so missing out on the life that Jesus Christ offers you and a life that all you have to do is be ready to embrace it. Are there any questions? So do we have a closing hymn or song or anything? Is it hot in here or is it just me? It's just me? Okay. It's hard for me to tell sometimes. All right. So as we stand, we're going to pray. We've got some group prayer. Everybody stand up. That was as we stand. Everybody stand up. We close our services with a time of prayer. Peg is going to be gracious enough to play some subtle music underneath. We have some community prayers I want everybody to be aware of. First, uh, 
Surgery for Tony is coming up soon, yes? Thursday. We're praying that that will happen, that his back will be repaired, that it will all be well, and that God will do something unexpected and make a miracle happen, right? Because he can. I wanted to give you an update on Bob Hudson. Bob probably, as we speak, is, is he done? Oh, wow. Okay. They put his shoulder back in. In case you didn't know, he fell through a barn floor yesterday and popped his shoulder out of joint and they couldn't get it back. So they had to knock him out to put it back in. Dear me. But thank God he's coming home today, right? Because originally they were thinking four or five days. So that is God at work. We prayed for that and guess what happened? God worked. All right? We'd like to pray for the troops because Holly would love for us to pray for the troops, right? Okay. Anything else? Anything else on your hearts and your minds? Anything else that God is telling you we need to pray about right here, right now, this time, this place? I know I'm short. I just got lost in the crowd. We'll pray for your crews. You're not going to fall in the ocean. We're going to pray that you don't fall in the ocean. Okay. It's a good prayer. What else? Yes. Pray for Gregory's back for it to heal. There's a lot of back problems going on. Hmm. Anything else? If you are just joining us today, I, you know, I would encourage you not to just run out the door if you've not been here a while or have never been here before. We would love to talk to you, love to get to know you, and love to tell you of this guy we know. His name is Jesus. And he is the source of life and life eternal. Let's close in prayer. Father God, we are thankful for your son, for his sacrifice, for his willingness to be humbled before all the world, to, yes, to be beaten and ridiculed and spit on, not because he deserved it, but because we needed it. To know that, that he died for us is humbling, but to know that he arose from the dead is empowering. It is the stuff that life is made of. Lord, we know that you have set before us the opportunity to have our best day ever. Whatever we've dealt with previously before in life, we know you do not promise that it will suddenly just poof, go away, but we, we do know that you promise that with your spirit and your strength that we might not just survive but that we might thrive that we might find a way to be a light to this world for you that is our ultimate hope because you have given us the ultimate hope I pray today for those who are sick who are unable to be here Daisy is on my mind. Bernice is on my mind. Lord, I pray that, you know, that, that both of them in, in particular, their lights are so shining and so bright and so full of laughter. Lord, I thank you for the many blessings that you shower upon us each and every day. I thank you for your love and for your strength, and I pray that we will embrace 
the life that only you offer, life eternal and life abundant. It is in your holy name that I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for coming out today. Um, if you had a chance to take your pictures taken with bunnies, awesome. Uh, if you haven't yet and you've got a cute little kid that wants to get their picture taken, I bet we can make that happen. So thank you. Happy Easter. <laughs>